Hello and welcome. I've got with me today Dr Annabelle Kane, who is going to take us through the plans that her practice have got for COVID vaccination and I'll leave Annabelle to give us a bit of a description about her practice to give us some context. Thanks Charlotte, uh, thanks for having me. So I am an owner of a inner city Sydney practice. We've got probably about about five to six thousand active patients on our books, a fairly diverse population from, you know, little babies to elderly. And we do have a small group of Aboriginal patients as well. We've got 10 part-time doctors, so about five full-time equivalent, one full-time equivalent practice nurse and two full-time equivalent receptionists and the practice manager. And the practice has six consulting rooms plus a nurse's room. We don't have any parking. We've got a decent sized waiting room and just one entrance in and off a main street. So that's the kind of setup. So we're in the position of we're going to be getting 50 vaccines a week from the fourth week, which I think is the 12th of April. So fortunately, we haven't had to deal with any of the current mayhem, but our plan with those 50 is initially just to do one session a week because you can get through 50 in a session fairly easily and that would probably be in an evening so late afternoon evening when the practice is quieter because essentially we'll be using all of the waiting room as an observation area so that's our plan for the what to do with our first 50 vaccines just as a little thought Annabelle you'll be getting a hundred doses delivered to you yep. have you thought about using the hundred so just doing only one per fortnight? Possibly. It's just that if we, yeah, sort of working out what would be the best session times to do it. And I think the other reason is those first hundred will arrive in the second week of school holidays. So it's not actually the, the best time given people are away and things to add in a longer session that week. So we may well do that and probably we could do a longer session on a Saturday. But we've sort of just scheduled in a time that will work at the moment on Thursday evening. Yeah, so there's a disadvantage in low numbers, but there's an advantage in allowing you to just sort of see how it goes and then sort of, you know, get ratcheted up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So we may, we may change to, to doing a longer session or we may find that we can do more vaccines in four hours than we thought. You know, so that could change as well. I suppose it's the first couple we'd just be, you know, take our time, I suppose, to get the systems right. Now that we've got some clarity over how to be able to draw them up, label, store in fridges and also doing home visits, has that helped in terms of the way you're planning to do your clinic? And are you going to do it in batches or individually? What's your system? So we've only got a few home visit patients and we weren't really planning to do them in their homes. So I haven't really thought through that one at the moment. I mean, in the short term, I'm actually thinking that the 80 year old who doesn't leave their house is probably less of a priority than the 25 year old with cystic fibrosis who's rocking around the community. So, you know, with 50, you've got to kind of making some of those decisions. I suppose the ethical dilemmas, but yeah, I think we need to sort of work through our first list to decide who we prioritise within that 1B group. And the advantage we have is that people have already prioritised themselves by finding an, an appointment somewhere else. So we might find that some of those people that we want to target have already sorted themselves out. So I think that will be helpful for us even in the short term. 
so what we've planned, or I suppose the things that we've done in terms of preparations, one is that we've emailed our patients to say, don't call us, we'll call you. And that seems to have worked so far. We've given them some information about how to book elsewhere. We had a staff group CPR training plus anaphylaxis a couple of weeks ago. And we've set up AutoMed as our online appointment and they've loaded a COVID info and consent form to their booking program, which we also have on an iPad if someone's in the practice and that just goes straight into best practice. So that's sort of front end loading a bit of that information. So in terms of how we're thinking to set it up, you asked about the drawing up. This is the way I think it will flow. I think because you can draw up a vial at a time and use them over that hour, that we would be running two rooms and we'll probably draw up two vials worth and just have them in one container and take that container to the workspace, which would be a consulting room. Does that make sense? So we'd just draw up 10 at a time, take that whole container into one room. And once you've gone through the first 10, there's just a little gap for everyone to pause, wait for the next lot to come through and perhaps draw up the next lot in that time frame. Yeah, so you could possibly have somebody drawing up while someone else is making sure everybody's ushered into the right spaces. Yeah. That'll save you having to label them all in the fridge. That's right. This is how we're thinking at the moment, is that the patient who's turned up has already looked at the info and hopefully signed their form, that the doctor has checked each patient file beforehand and identified any concerns. So, you know, is there someone we need to watch for longer? Is there someone who tends to faint? Is there someone who has a contraindication? And then I've actually designed a template in best practice. It sort of makes the doctor do all those things. It makes them check those things, tick off when the patient's had a flu vaccine and the date of that so that they've actually stopped and thought about that. And once that's all put into the template, if we print it out, it will be a form with the patient's name on it, all that information. The top half is for the practice to keep and the bottom half is for the patient. And so the greeter at the front door would check the temperature, write the temperature on the form, check that they, you know, ask the question, are you well today? Direct them to room one or room two or the chair outside either of those rooms. Tell them to get their arm ready, (laughs) important. And then in each room there would be, as I said, the 10 vaccines already drawn up. They would just be in a labelled container so they wouldn't have to have an individual label each because they're being used straight away essentially. The vaccinators rechecking you know, ID questions, double checking, they haven't had another vaccine in the last couple of days or something, uh, gives the vaccine, writes a time to that the patient can leave on the form and then gives that part to the patient. And that part that the patient gets will be record of their vaccine, what time they can leave, some information about side effects and what to do about side effects and a reminder that they'll need a vaccine in three months' time. So that piece of paper is for the patient to keep? So it'll either be two pages or one page you can rip in half. So once we know our batch number, we can just put it into the template so we're not retyping anything. The top half will keep because it's the record of the vaccine and it means that an admin person can go and do all the data entry. So enter the vaccine, enter a reminder in best practice, do the billing and keep that there so we can double check when we're sending to AIR that everything's in the right place. And the bottom half of the patient will be name, date of birth, here's the vaccine you've been given, this information's been sent into AIR, here's information about common side effects, what to do if you have side effects, and remember you need to have another vaccine in three months' time. So that's the bit that they can keep. 
So are you getting them to sign a, a consent form or are you doing it on a checklist of verbal consent? So the consent form will be sent on a link to them with their booking. So it will go out of the automated system, the consent forms there, and they can just do it electronically, tick it off. It gets uploaded directly to the file. And if they haven't done it when they arrive, and you could even do this in advance, like I did it the other day with an elderly patient who I thought would slow things down the day. We've got a couple of tablets and the COVID consent form is on there. So they can actually do it and that will go straight into their system as well. So they could sit in the waiting room and do it. So it seems to me you've got a great system ready to go for the low numbers. So the next thing will be as we see that there'll be more coming potentially start looking at how you can ramp it up to align doing your flu vaccines which will obviously take up more space in vaccine fridges than the COVID one does given that COVID is these multi-use vials rather than syringe needles. That's right and the other reason I suppose we're not looking at doing necessarily a long COVID vaccine session those first few weeks is because we're anticipating that flu vaccine may arrive at the same time don't know what the latest is on that. I think it's potentially going to arrive sooner, Annabelle. Yeah, because the nursing homes have got it in their fridges, apparently. The place I was at the other day told me. So I'm assuming that that will be there sooner. So we're sort of putting aside some time for flu vaccine clinics as well. Busy times and coordination. And as you said, we need to make sure that everybody clearly make sure that the link between the two vaccines is well documented. Yes, so that's right. And I've also created for our flu vaccine clinic a template and best practice that also rather than an autofill it's actually a template and it makes you answer all those questions too so you actually have to go in and write tick off date of COVID vaccine or has not had flu vaccine you know so it kind of forces you to do that before you give a flu vaccine or a COVID vaccine. That sounds like a great little form. Would you be willing to share that on the website? Yeah, yeah, sure. So what I might get you to do is just share that and we can then share that as a resource when people go to the podcast. Yep, brilliant. no problem. I'll leave it at that. That was brilliant. Thank you so much, Annabelle. And we might come back to you when you are ramping things up to see how that's going and what sort of systems you've put in place to make that smooth. No problem. Thanks, Charlotte.